Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 29th, 2013. For newcomers, I suggest you make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll find hundreds and hundreds of audios for free download where I go through the history of the big system that runs the world, has done for about 100 years at least, and how they formed big foundations, which they call the parallel government when they all work together. And these foundations hire thousands of non-governmental organizations across the world to lobby government to get certain laws changed and so on, and to bring in all the greening and so on, and also to get all the people off the land in rural areas that don't belong there, according to the United Nations, and to get them living in the overcrowded urbanized cities. And they all go down in squalor up until the year 2050 and simply die off, most of them, because most of them won't have children, they claim. And, uh, and they're going sterile too. So uh, things are worked out way in advance. So help yourself to the website. As I say, go through the history of the organizations. They're still on the go today. Very, very powerful. The top politicians are all uh, pre-picked by them because they're members of this organization. And the Royal Institute of International Affairs is a big one in Britain. And the Council on Foreign Relations is the one for the U.S. It's all the same organization, by the way. But Royal wouldn't go down too well in the U.S., so they change it to CFR. But they have branches across the world in all governments today. And these are the guys who brought you the United Nations so that all the international treaties could be signed on their behalf. They brought us the Bank for International Settlements, the IMF, and the World Bank. And they also brought you um, the World Trade Organization as well. That's a, it's a way of, of uh, deciding who gets to trade across the seas and who doesn't. They can also levy fines against nations that all sign it, massive fines, in fact, which I've done quite a few times. And the taxpayer has to foot the bill, of course. So you live in a very undemocratic society, an undemocratic world, which goes under the guise of being democratic. But as I say, we're run by private institutions, private organizations. And it's more evident today as governments really are divesting themselves of all the functions they had in the past. And they bring in the public-private partnership enterprises for your roads and for many other things, even health care and prison management. All of this stuff is being privatized, water you name it. So this is the world planned a long time ago, a hundred years ago. The same organizations brought us World War I and II, according to their own professional uh, insider a historian who worked for them. And, um, and everything that happens in the future is planned uh, to make sure those elite, powerful people and their children take over the reins of power for their future. And they never lose power. They leave nothing, nothing at all to chance. They want an integrated society in the world, a multicultural society and for, for most countries, not for them all, there's an exception. And um, they want to basically rule the world this way too. Uh, so help yourself to the website. As I say, there's well over a thousand audios for free download. There's print-ups as well on all those sites in English, the sites listed there, uh, of a lot of talks I've given. And go into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts in other languages. Remember, too, you can help me take by by buying the books and discs that I have at cuttingthroughthematrix.com because I don't sell anything 
saying, any products to make you live forever and ever. I sell just the books and the discs that I put up myself. And um, I don't have any sponsors. I could have sponsors and really pester you with advertising and selling and so on, but I don't. Uh, it kind of keeps me clean in a sense. So no one can lean on me uh, because I'm selling their products. So uh, you can help me along by buying the books and discs. Remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can remember still use personal checks to Canada. You can still use international postal money orders from the U.S. to Canada. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world. You've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. Remember, straight donations are seriously welcome as we go through inflationary times, uh, or, or quantitative easing, as I like to call it now. It sounds better than inflation or hyperinflation. As basically our, our money is being halved over a period of 10 years. At least the purchasing power of it, that is. All planned again, long in advance. Everything is, and that's just it. That's why I call it cutting through the matrix, because the matrix is meant to deceive you, thinking that each time you cut into a room, uh, you've found the answers to it all. You've found the final place where it's all managed. Only to find out there's many rooms above you and, and to the side of you and below you even too, because we're in a very well-designed system. It's a system, a total system of control. They give us our topics to chat about. They give us the things to be emotional about. Uh, but they never give us the top things where we have any say in anything whatsoever. Who had a say in the setting up of the G20 amongst all the countries? None of us did. Who had a set that the setting up of the United Nations? Uh, none of them. None of the public have had that. It's not, not a democratic institution. Or the World Trade Organization. Or even private banks running your countries. Under an, an umbrella group, under the under the Bank for International Settlements, none of us did. Who did? The Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations. The same guys that drafted up the integration treaties for the EU and the ones for the American continent as well, for NAFTA, which is still ongoing, by the way. So private organizations run the world, and they're, they're the richest private organizations. They work in League Two with big, big, big international corporations like IBM, and everything's really worked out to perfection as far as you're concerned. They give us lots of entertainment like you'd never believe, because it's very important for your predictive programming to get entertainment, and along with that comes your, your political correct updates. But you're now supposed to think about this topic or that topic, and, and be accepted by society. You must go along with it or you'll be shunned if you don't go along with your updates. So that's how you get it stuck in through comedy. Your culture has changed through comedy and in the serious movies too. Stick it in. Even, that, even when it's nothing to do with the actual story, they'll always stick it in there because entertainment is a big, big part of the control of the general public's behavior and mind and also to alter behavior. Folk haven't done any clue whatsoever that most of the revolutions in the world were bloodless revolutions. They were cultural revolutions. And believe you me, at the top, I've read the books, uh, the private members' books, by the way, of the international meetings of the CFR, Royal Institute for International Affairs, and you'll find all the top leaders of communism, capitalism, the, the biggest bankers in the world, uh, shop uh, union leaders, everything, they're all on board with it. They're all members at the top. It's just astonishing to read them. And they all agree for the, on the same agendas. It's all global, as I say. And they, they want a communist style or totalitarian socialist style for running the general public with lots of bureaucracies, big, big governments and agencies and so on, uh, massive tax base 
And this is what bankers love because then, uh, then they don't have to sell, peddle, uh, loans to individuals. They, they, they get the government to, to borrow money from them and they guarantee to pay it back by putting all of you down as a guarantor, as all the taxpayers down. It's much, much better than the old days when they did tax farming, it was called. So here we are going through massive changes. Most folk are oblivious. Some are contaminated by the alterations in culture. It's interesting, too, because I've mentioned Yuri Besmanov many times and gone through some of his history and his talks up all his links up before where he's given private talks. And he uh, he said his job was, as a KGB operative was to basically come in and, and bring down the culture of the West. And he said when he came to the U.S. in the 70s, he was astonished to see how far... Uh, it had progressed by then. It was beyond their wildest imaginations and expectations. How well the whole uh, system towards uh, the takedown of society was already embedded, mainly through movies and through the big revolutions inside America and the Western countries by students in the 60s, because uh, they'd already embedded many Eastern Bloc uh, members that brought them into the States and British uh, universities to teach the students. And, of course, they were pushing a form of communism and under many guises, under social sciences, and had them rebel on, on cue. And that's what they did. Then brought in sex, drugs, rock and roll. And and that worked so well, it was to end, to end up with uh, destroying marriage pretty well altogether. If you get married at all, it doesn't last long today. It's more like a, a little thing that you try just as an experiment. That's how the youngsters see it. And I'll go into that when I come back from this break. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix and, and talking about uh, Besmanov, uh, who gave good talks, actually, on how the Soviet uh, penetration into the West, mainly through cultural alteration, was working. Because, of course, they worked in league with Hollywood, too. And and they had their own networks of uh, music promoters and, and in fact, the big music machine, you call it, the guys that make people stars, what kind of stars they'd create, what had to be in vogue, etc. It was, had all been done. And... Uh, and Besmanov said the thing is when people are, are actually contaminated, and this is the term the Soviets used uh, against the cultural changes that would destroy the previous culture. See, the culture they're trying to destroy was one that was very strong, like in a unified culture that set morals and so on, they knew the basic rules, and, and uh, it kept the culture very, very strong against all enemies. Once you start uh, breaking it down, it all falls apart like dominoes, all knocking each other down. And Besmanov said that too, when you're contaminated, you won't know you're contaminated. And it's gone so far today that we all think it's normal, at least most folk do. And they'll watch movies that start off with a good storyline and get, then they stick it in lots of sex here and sadomasochism. Just nothing to do with the movie, of course. That's your download, you see, to make sure that you're, you're hypersensualized or sexualized and it's on your brain all the time. That's what a young, a lot of young people have today and elder ones do. So it doesn't really matter how old you are. It's meant to just bring you down until you say, well, so what, you know, so what, so what? But this is how it happens. And it says here that uh, this ties in this article here because 
this is during the time a lot of it was going on. We've all heard about Jimmy Savile and his paedophilia and rape, basically, and the fact that he worked with a big sexual paedophile group. And, um, and of course, it'll never come out, all the, the whole thing about some of the, the low-level members to throw DJs to the public, to the wolves and so on, but they won't go into the ones above them because there's more lords involved in this thing you can imagine because they're the kinkiest sods out there, actually. Anyway... I said that celebrity arrest could soar after her horrified police discovered Jimmy Savile's secret lair at a record shop. It was one of his secret lairs with his old records. As his names and sexual details of hundreds of girls were scrawled across a huge wall in a scene from a horror film, he says. But um, it says, uh, Sunday officers chipped away at plaster at a record shop wall and unveiled a hidden list of names thought to belong to young victims of Jimmy Savile, the register which contained the names, ages and disgusting rating system seemingly used to mark their sexual performance was scrawled on a secret wall buried behind layers of wallpaper and plaster. A source revealed that the wall looked like something straight out of a horror movie. There were lists and lists of names of the victims. It's a shocking discovery. The list of the victims are girls and young women is thought to identify hundreds of potential new victims abused at the hands of the BBC DJ, and it raised fears that Savile was at the centre of a celebrity paedophile ring. Well, we already know that. But again, the top guys above it don't want to clam down on this thing and shut it up, basically. It says police believe the major breakthrough could lead to further arrests including other well-known celebrities, and the wall appeared to contain the names of girls and sick groups, a sick group hoped to target in the future, so they even had potential victims marked down. Officers who raided the shop in Greater Manchester after a tip-off will now try to trace the alleged victims. A source said the raid had provided the clearest evidence yet to show Savile was part of a larger group of monsters, and Savile appeared to be using the room above the record store as a kind of secret HQ to plan his vile acts. There appears to be some suggestion that he was not acting alone either. He, he certainly wasn't. He was so well protected, eventually once they knighted him, he even, even boasted publicly that he was untouchable when brought, people brought this kind of thing up to his attention. He says there are others who appear to be involved, several others, some of whom are household names. As a specialist, officer rips away the walls. The names of up to 200 new people they believe he and accomplices attacked or planned to attack during the 90s, 80s and 90s were gradually revealed. At least one other well-known BBC figure and several celebrities are now being linked to the probe and suspects face being quizzed in the coming weeks. And um, earlier this year, it was suggested there were around 450 victims of Savile's depraved actions. This looks like an underestimation. If the evidence in the wall is anything to go by, we could be talking in the region of 650 victims and all, and it's shocking. Uh, criminalist Professor David Wilson from Birmingham University said the register was a way for predators to boast about their conquests. And he said, in the age before the internet made it possible for pedophiles to communicate with each other and write about who they could abuse and in the form that abuse may take, they found other methods like doing their wall type thing. And says, pedophiles are constantly evolving ways of communicating. Actually, what they want to do is join the right big clubs up there and get knighted. And says, by putting it on a wall, they're making it public. By hiding it, it's private. The public nature is because they're proud of it. It's a boasting system. It's a, it's a way of saying, I've done more than you. And it's about them displaying their own sexual success and being able to abuse children. They also recognized this could lead to arrest, so they had to be careful about their sexual preferences. 
at the time this was said to have taken place, paedophiles used contact magazines and groups of associates to get in touch with each other. They definitely had their clubs. And so this is only one thing that happens. But as I say, this won't even phase folk today because folk now are contaminated folks. It really did. Back, back at the time it happened, it may have been different. They weren't quite as far gone as they are today because of the culture industry. But most folk don't care anymore. And they wouldn't care too that these are basically children that were getting targeted. And who knows how many went missing too. That's another big, big thing as well because Saville was, uh, he used to visit uh, one of the main uh, prisoners in prison. He used to visit him, a guy who uh, killed children. And he's in Article 2. Uh, politicians just make you sick. I mean, I have no time for politi- political frontmen. They are just frontmen, folks. And certainly, too, they have the egos like you wouldn't believe, but they're just front men for the big organizations that put them in. It's not the general public who puts them in, as Carl Quigley said, and he should know since he was a professional uh, historian for the archives of the Council on Foreign Relations. He says they haven't put in someone who wasn't a member of this for, at that time, he says, 60 or 80 years. And that was written back in the 60s when he, he came out with his books on it. So... It's just disgusting what politicians are really like. They're, they've never been like dulled down through history. They're, they're just yes men. And they'll say yes to whatever seems to be winning. You know. But anyway, I mentioned before about the Great Firewall of Cameron. While the UK's filtering system for the internet it won't work and it won't help. It says David Cameron, the British Prime Minister, could have buried almost any bad news in the same day as royal birth. Instead, the, mo- the main grievous news he had to offer is his plan for pervasive censorship of the British internet, and it was entirely his own making, so he says. His speech has been critiqued for its grandstanding and for ignorance of how the internet works, but the lasting damage of his new initiative will serve to extend the precedent the UK government and private actors can interfere with internet communications without regulation of legislation oversight and to undermine the safety of the children it seeks to protect. It's not going to protect children. It's an excuse they always use us. We don't want children to see pornography because it's already going to, to blacklist um, various other websites, including extremist websites, by the way. That's what, that's what they're terming all counter news uh, as websites. That was extremist websites. So, um, and supposedly the organization that's going to do this for Britain is a private organization. Again, a, a charitable group, of course, being, belonging to philanthropists, philanthropists and uh, foundations. But it said that uh, the company is called the Internet Watch Foundation. Now, I'll put this article up tonight with the link to this Internet Watch Foundation, a, a private charity, it says. The secret black, blacklist is used by a number of ISPs and mobile phone providers to filter their users. Sites entering the blacklist take months to actually be taken down, as opposed to the days for others, and so on. But also, I'll put an article up by Wired, which goes further in the article. This one's by uh, another newspaper. But anyway, as I say, Wired's got more information on this. It's much more, more interesting. And also, Cameron, the politician... You can't export anything in Britain now, but he wants to export gay marriage around the world. He's a politician for you. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, we're back, carrying through the matrix. Just going through this article here by Cameron in Britain, the so-called Prime Minister, who again is a front man. He's a front man. He, whatever he's told to say, he'll do it and take credit for it. But uh, he, he wants to export uh, homosexual marriage or gay marriage, they call it now, across the world. I don't know how, why you can still call a lesbian or lesbian, but you can't call a homosexual a homosexual. But again, they give you the terms to follow. And when they say gay, you understand that means if you're heterosexual, you're unhappy. This is a psychological reason to actually pick names, you know, folks. And and this is all to do with a, a form of psychology and linguistics, which is used all the time. And so each time you use that term, if, if you're not uh, homosexual, you're putting down heterosexuals. So think about what you're using. Anyway, he, he's made this, this law, supposedly, across Britain, and he wants to export it to the world. Uh, again, too, it's a bit of a red herring, because I mean, the, the countries are collapsing financially and so on, and it keeps folk yapping about this kind of stuff because it's a motive, a motive topic, etc., etc. But don't forget that he shouldn't take any credit for this too, because once again, it was pushed from the beginning through, uh, uh, even through elementary schools for years now, and uh, through counselors at schools too. If you have something wrong with you, if you haven't tried it, that's, this is something that many of them are getting told, remember. And, and so on and so on until it's indoctrinated into them. And that's why it's to be accepted. Now, that was taken 20 years or so to get a whole generation growing up that's been completely indoctrinated so they'll accept whatever the indoctrination was about. And it always works. It's done professionally. They call it toolkits to give teachers. Toolkits are the ways and the techniques to get it through the children step by step by using logic and, and the formula that is presented in of the logic. And again, by omission of many, many things which are detrimental to whatever they're pushing. Also, GMOs, it says, GMOs not even in moderation, it says. It says that, um, this is quite a good article talking about poisons, basically, saying that if, if you put strychnine in your food, uh, it says they could ingest in tiny uh, muscles and doses and so on, would you live to tell the tale? If you, if you could live, would you, would you do it again, you know? And it goes through the effects of strychnine. And then it goes through what GMOs are like. So with the things we learn about GMO foods, why do we think the consumption of these is okay in moderation? Every week or so, some new hazard springs up in the alternative news. The hazards are carefully and quietly swept under the rug by the mainstream media at the behest of their johns, which are the big food advertisers who pay the salaries of the modern, of the media mouthpieces. There are many valid peer-reviewed studies that all tell uh, us consuming genetically modified foods is a death sentence. And I must admit, I've read lots of them, and they are definitely well-done studies, professional studies on the effects with other animals and so on, causing nasty things in them. Uh, but it says, proponents of GMOs like to attempt to pick apart the science, like to accuse those of us who are concerned about GMOs of being foolish, uneducated, and superstitious. From their lofty perches in academia, they could condescend to the rest of us claiming that GMOs are no different than the natural evolution of plant life, etc., etc., which, of course, is false altogether. Then they go into facts about GMO that are poisoning the global food supply and so on. And, and by the way, if it's so safe, why isn't, doesn't Monsanto and the rest of them allow anyone else outside their own organization to test the things? They're so darn good for you. That would be simple enough, wouldn't it? Allow other um, independent scientific organizations to test this stuff. Well, there's only a couple that have been done against all the laws. They've actually got against it and found to cause tumors and all the rest of it in animals, in their stomachs, etc. 
But it's okay though, this is part of taking down the society and population control as well. That's part of it, folks. Never mind monopolization. Total power at the top means that you have to monopolize your housing, your food, your water supplies, your energy supplies. Everything is to be monopolized. And that's what it's about. Also, this article too is about Canada geese, of all things, which I'm sure is a red herring again, although I haven't seen them flying yet, but they haven't been GMO'd yet. But anyway, it says, Agricultural Canada planted GM wheat in Ottawa, but never thought what might happen if Canada geese flew off with the seeds. So now they're blaming them now for possibly contaminating other Canadian fields with the GM wheat grown at a central experimental farm. Uh, conducted, uh, I think, by the Agriculture of Canada. This is, but the geese are the experimental, uh, they ate the experimental wheat last summer at the experimental farm, and geese are voracious eaters and leave droppings every few minutes. The fear is that, the, that these geese may have left poop with living GM wheat seeds that could allow GM wheats to spread outside the control field or even away from the farm itself. The, the issue blew up on a Friday night in 2012, uh, taking the department by surprise. I don't know why it came by surprise, because they had court cases in Canada before that where any bird could be eating the stuff and spreading it across the country. In fact, they even ruled against guys who found occasional uh, GM soy on their land, and they had massive fines for it, for having it on their property, uh, because Monsanto works with the judicial government in Canada. I mean, they work hand-in-glove with them, this Monsanto. So any, any farmer who complained, he, he was actually fined thousands of bucks just for having the odd seeds scattered here and there, pooped out by any kind of bird whatsoever. And it says, now the citizens have obtain, obtained eternal emails with many of the relevant details blocked, uh, blacked out, showing the rush by federal bureaucrats to find out whether the GM seeds have, had flown the coop, potentially to other farms. Because GM wheat is not approved in Canada yet. Many growers, including the Canadian Wheat Board, strongly oppose it, saying the growing GM wheat will make all Canadian wheat harder to sell in Europe and Asia. Bill Kate sell to Canadians because generally they do it in secret. You don't tell the Canadians. So the last thing any grower wants is to have ordinary wheat crops accidentally mixed with the GM varieties. So this happened last month in Oregon, where a farmer discovered transgenic wheat growing on his field, on his land. He had never planted any and the source remains unknown, but Japan and South Koreans briefly banned U.S. wheat imports. Many species of plants are commonly spread when birds eat the berries or nuts and then drop the seeds in their feces. And the issue seems to have come out of left field for the experimental farm. Well, they saw that coming. After all, they've got to get into the food supply somehow and then say, well, it's all here now, we better just go ahead with it and make it legal. This is a scam that's going on here. That's quite simple, folks. So it's supposed to they're still trialing the stuff and so on to see if they can grow it. What does to people who don't care? Because again, it'll help bring down the population, probably sterilize more folk too. And apparently that's all a good thing. That's how things work today. Also, I'm putting a piece one again. It's with Scotland. Scotland is a test bed under the United Nations for GERFEC. It's a, it's a, it's a proposal. Uh, it's a law assigns government agent for every child. So every child will have an overseer, regardless of appearance. And they'll have the direct access to their homes and so on. They're also going to put them into all schools, I mean all homeschoolers, uh, homes as well. But even if you don't homeschool them, they still want someone coming into your house to check on your child for the government that owns them, you see. 
This is all the stuff that Bertrand Russell talked about back in the 40s and 30s even, that they would do eventually. So a beleaguered and relatively small group of parents in Scotland are fighting to keep an increasingly intrusive government bureaucracy from undermining the right to homeschool and potentially destroying the critically important relationship between parents and child. As a Scottish home, educators have asked for help from families worldwide to oppose a bill that proposes a massive invasion of every home. Amongst other things, the Children and Young People's Bill would assign a government social worker to promote, support or safeguard the well-being. This is a very interesting thing. I went into well-being a while back because even the chairman of the Federal Reserve uh, first talked about it. Well-being, he said, stop talking about GDP and start talking about well-being. In other words, it doesn't matter how bad things are financially, or even if you've got a home, as long as you feel good about yourself, then it's okay. And big farmers get in the act, folks, because they really want to start drugging people who, who the, the claim is not, got good, they don't have good well-being. Not kidding you, folks. This is what it's all about. See, at this stage of the game, uh, they must bring big pharma and big time. Now, they already are. There's so many folk in the, in the, throughout society on different kinds of sedatives and so on, and tranquilizers and antidepressants. They're already drugged. And they even have ads in Canada here uh, that the biggest drug pushers uh, on your children that your children are now taking uh, come from parents who are taking all the drugs that children are getting from the parents' medicine cupboards. It's not just the ones that, that, that are illegal. It's the ones that are legal through prescription. And that's the way it is today. They have achieved their goal through very good advertising. And the same big farmers, remember, uh, run the medical associations and help finance them. And, and really, doctors are churned out today as nothing more than drug pushers for big pharma. That's my opinion on it. But I'll put this link, this link up tonight on Gerfec to show you that this is a trial for the whole world to follow, the US, Canada, and every other country to follow a government agent up, uh, assigned to every child. They'll assess your child in your home whenever it suits them. And also to the European Union, this big behemoth, this uh, super Soviet system that no one wanted except the, the boys that run the world. And then, then the world is run, folks, and owned. It's run by the same people that own the money and create the money and manage the money. But it says EU plans to own and operate spy drones and an air force. So it's going to have its own air force as well and spy drone industry surveying the whole of Europe. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. Talking about the European Union, of course, this massive Soviet uh, amalgamation, basically. Uh, again, an idea by Karl Marx. He was the first one to, to say that to integrate Europe and then the Far East uh, conglomerates. And then he said to eventually, too, to do the, 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 the North Atlantic one or, or the American one. He says the whole of Americas were to be amalgamated, too. And that was taken up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and that's been their goal ever since, one of their, one of their goals. But anyway, they're planning in Europe, uh, the European Union, this great uh, parliament nobody wants and costs a fortune. They want to own their own uh, spy drone fleet and surveillance satellites and aircraft 
as part of a new intelligence security agency under the control of the Baroness Ashton. I've read articles before on Baroness Ashton. She's the only woman who's never earned any possible position. She's got awfully amazing contacts, so because keep pushing her upstairs. But it says controversial proposals are a major move towards creating an independent EU military body with its own equipment and operations and be strongly opposed by Britain. No, they won't. They won't be opposed by, opposed by Britain, especially if they may call the operatives and the pilots gay as well, because Cameron's got that in his mind. But anyway, the fact is uh, all countries are now going to pay twice for all militaries, one for their own country and one for Europe, you see, uh, as, as well go down the tubes. Apart from that, too, as we all crumble, and, and this is what they're doing, too, is creating massive armies to take care of us internally as the countries all go down the tubes. And out of this comes out the other side, this new society of austerity and drugged well-being. well-being. They call it very drugged well-being, the big pharma, as we get eliminated step by step. Anyway, this is what they want to do. And uh, they're saying, too, it's going to be a super NSA. They already have many NSAs. Even the United Nations got their own version of it, too, and spies as well. So, I mean, why not join the club and, and let them have it, too? You know? And also, a 3,000% increase. I've mentioned this before, that the EPA allowed to be increased in food pesticides and how you're being poisoned on a massive scale. He says, we can thank Monsanto and GMO superweeds. Limits are raised from 200 parts per million of their pesticides to 6,000 parts per million. And you're being poisoned on a massive scale. I'll put that up tonight too, because it's rather important. Now I'll tell you these things so you can take steps yourself, if you possibly can, to try to avoid this stuff or grow your own food or, or something, because it's, it's that bad, folks. It, it really is. Also, as we go into down the tubes, I've mentioned before, I called it the, 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 um, the sunlight tax before. I think it was, uh, uh, it was a king in Britain, uh, and, and during James's time that, uh, he brought in a sunlight tax and, and people actually boarded up their windows and bricked them up. You know, some, see all the old homes from that era, uh, still standing today with bricks where the windows should be. That's how the folk go around it. But this is happening now in Spain. It's not, I'm not kidding, it says. It says, in Spain, they appear to have actually done this with fines up to 30 million euros for non-compliance. It says, um, if you get caught collecting photons of sunlight for your own use, because you're fucker trying to survive, right? And especially in countries that are falling down. You can be fined as much as 30 million euros. If you were thinking the best energy option was to buy some solar panels that were down 80% in price, you can forget about it. The Spanish Photovoltaic Union, the UNEF, which brings together some 300 companies representing 85% of the industry, ensures that implemented these changes, it would be more expensive solar consumption resorting to conventional supply. It prevents the savings to consumers and paralyzes the entry of new competition in the electricity market. That's what it says. So in other words, if you have your own electricity supply, it's not going into the power grid, uh, or even if it is, you're competing with the companies, and now they're going to fine you for that, for competing, for getting sunlight, folks. No kidding. Well, why not? I mean, you're getting breathed for breathing. I mean, you're breathing fresh air and breathing out carbon dioxide. Now you're getting fight. You're going to get charged and all that as well. See, there's nothing they can't charge you with. Nothing at all. And you know, what can they do? Nothing. Unless you say that's enough, just you know, beggar off. Now it says, um, 
Climate deception exposed the North Pole ice melt video scare. You always find the Greenies, uh, backed by the United Nations and so on, are always putting out these fake uh, reports. And it says, a so-called time-lapse video of still photos first published by the Atlantic, then feverishly republished by the Huffington Post, has been making waves around the world. With a gullible and the intellectually lax, I can be no more polite than that. It purports to prove that man-made global warming is real and getting worse because the North Pole melting leaves small lake at top of the world. It's got a link to it too. And all these links up tonight at cuttingthroughmedics.com. It says this is a blatant deception. And it says, how so? The webcams from which the images were taken are actually located some 350 miles south of the North Pole, as exposed by AccuWeather.com. And um, it's quite a, a good article to show you how they fudge things using time-lapse and even putting cameras where, where they're, as I say, 350 miles from the pole, uh, closer to Greenland, it actually says here, than Santa Claus. So, so, so it says, don't worry, folks, the North Pole is not melting. And then it says, I just found another Atlantic article that quotes one of the webcam scientists who doesn't address the location issue, but says this is not the first time scientists observed a melt pond at the North Pole, nor is it the largest. Then there's the inconvenient truth that the ice sheet in the Arctic is not solid, as packed ice flows, and that lakes and at times open ocean have often appeared at the actual North Pole. Indeed, they have been one of the hazards of over the ice travel to the North Pole from the beginning of European and American polar exploration. There's lots of photographic proof of this as far back as the 1960s from, and it gives you the source, nav source it's called. And um, so of course you can be certain that all of these chicken littles shaking and panicking and sharing that oh so scary video have not once paused to question whether it's truth or fiction. And remember these people vote, it says, these people are the international user's best friends. Useful idiots is the phrase they use. I'll put that up tonight as well. And also, too, we're told to cheer up and think about, again, wellness. You're going to hear more and more about wellness as time goes on, uh, because it was actually uh, the Federal Reserve Chairman who first came out with it when he says we must stop thinking about GDP and think about gross wellness. But anyway, talking about banks, it says um, the United States is a, very, is a very poisonous political environment having come through the financial crisis, yet it has been more pragmatic about solving the problem, says Goldman Sachs CEO Lloyd Blankfein in Sydney. Surely it should be Blankfeined, shouldn't it? And it says the political environment in the US is still very poisonous at the moment, but the world has been well served by Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke's handling of the financial crisis. What a joke that is, eh? The Goldman Sachs boss Lloyd Blankfeld said last night before offering some observations in Australia. It says, uh, you uh, have now sunk to a level that we're trying to get up to, so my heart goes out to you. Mr. Blankfield arrived in Australia this week, and I spoke at a business conference in Sydney in the morning. He was ushered in and out uh, of the conference by a team of private security guards, who I'm sure are all well armed. And it says, Blankfield is one of the most controversial figures in modern finance, leading Goldman Sachs during the global financial crisis. Investment Bank was a key player in the sale and purchase of complicated financial products that were linked to the U.S. subprime mortgage market. I mean, he was part of the racket, folks. When the market for those products unraveled, it contributed to the financial crisis in 2007. So he's a gangster, a top gangster walking the planet, telling countries it's all, all their own fault. Aren't we kind of used to this by now, though, aren't we? We're all run by gangsters, you understand. 
the top organizations, the most prestigious organizations in the world are just gangs of banksters. Even the scientific ones. The big pharma ones certainly are. It's so bad too, and that's all your fault, that they tax bedrooms now in Britain as well. If you're an extra bedroom, they cut back your, your benefits, including, including folk that are retired. So here you've got sunlight, you've got CO2 for breathing, and now you tax on your bedrooms because of these gangsters at the top plundering us in the, in the prime, uh, the subprime mortgage con that we're doing. Anyway, he said, I'm sick of all this S-H-I-T. Middle-aged man in despair about bedroom tax in Britain cuts his own throat in the middle of the benefits advice office. That's where all the bureaucrats are, and you just turn you in circles. He says, the middle-aged man said he was sick of all this, then dragged a blade through his skin from ear down to his throat on each side of his neck. The wounds left him, and the floor of the runcorn the run-corn office spattered with blood, the witness said. Um... The gory outburst happened at 2 p.m. Monday at Halton Direct Link in Halton Lee Shopping Centre. So he didn't die, but he was waiting and waiting and waiting, getting passed around in the circles that they do. Uh, and uh, he just had enough and said, well, that's it. Remember, it's his own fault. It's all your faults, folks. It's never the bankers' boys at the top or the governments who are happy being gay about things right now in Britain. From Hamish Monsieur Frontier, Canada, it's good night. Me and God. All your gods go with you.